in a world gone mad. Only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 20, Andrew and Jerry Save Baby Formula. Uh, mm-hmm. I am Andrew Langer. Jerry Rogers. And and we are uh, happy to be with you today. There is so much to talking about. Uh, it's a guestless show because we have so much to talk about. And I and I kind of like that that we're taking this tactic when, uh, when there is so much going on. Uh, Jerry and I sit down and, and have the opportunity to talk. Um, want to thank you all as always for your continued listenership. Uh, we're about to hit another major milestone in the number of downloads we've had. So thank you for that. Please tell your friends, tell your family members, tell your coworkers, tell your enemies, frankly, uh, uh, about the podcast. Leave a review on wherever you're, uh, wherever you're listening, wherever you're downloading, or if you're watching on Rumble or Facebook, uh, please do that. Uh, but you know something, Jerry, let's get to it. Let's go to our opening segment. That's our Ripped from the Headlines. Ripped from the Headlines. So lots to, to talk about. Um, you know, I had a, I, I watched this. I've been following the, the food processing story and actually posed a question to some journalists that I know because I wasn't aware if this was a real thing or not. And folks have told me that as far as food processing plants and fires and accidents going, that there is no indication that things are any different. But this baby formula story is massive. Um, and you and I started chatting about it yesterday. Thankfully, you and I are both well beyond the stage with our families where we need to buy baby formula. Um, but this is a this is a, a not only is it a huge issue, but it is a really scary issue, Jerry. And you know, have you have you talked to Erica about this? I mean, is she has she given well, you any thoughts? I, I tell you what I've done, and you know, even on my radio show, uh, I've uh, I've called out to um, to all lactating men. Uh, to uh, do their best uh, to uh, help in this shortage. Channeling uh, your inner Robert De Niro from yes. Meet the Parents. Well, well, I and of course, you know, you milk me? We, we, <laughs> we have this wonderful, right, uh, redefinition of what a man, what oh a woman God. is. And so therefore, uh, all these men who lactate should now uh, step up. Uh, no, I mean, look, uh, here's the thing. There's a very simple reason for this. Uh, in addition to the context, right? The context is inflation, uh, a an economy that's going in the wrong direction, but also a public health community uh, that is focused on minors when they should be focused on majors. Yeah. The reason the, the the reason for this shortage is because of the FDA. Well, and this period this is what gets into it. You know, it's funny because we talk about when you and I talk about. Um, um, uh, the commodity, the economics of commodities, right? And we talk, we talked about it in terms of healthcare, because um, healthcare, like a, a other products, is a commodity in a marketplace. And one of the things that I've talked about is one of the problems with an approach where you increase demand for a good uh, is that with healthcare, you can't increase supply readily. We have a limited number of doctors and nurses and physicians assistants. And, and one of the examples I used to use in terms of um, uh, talking about healthcare was I, I talked about Costco and the Costco approach to things and how you have the sort of the shared cost and buying power. And I used to say, you know, with Costco, if Costco runs out of toilet paper, 
Uh, all they need to do is go to the manufacturers of toilet paper and say, hey, get us more toilet paper. But in this instance, right, we have, let's say, a steady demand. I don't think demand has gone up or down for formula per se, but we have the, the, the most major manufacturing plant and a formula manufacturing plant in America shut down. We cannot go to, or, and this is where, the, this is where it, it demonstrates the abject failure of this administration. Right, this administration, when they knew they were shutting down this Abbott baby formula plant, right? This administration should have been on top of right. We we know right. They should have been on top. We know what the supply of baby formula is in the marketplace. Um, we we you know they, we know that there are other places that they could that they could go theoretically to get it at whether it's abroad or what have you. But at the very least, once they took the step of taking this plant offline for months, right? Because the whistleblower complaint happened in the fall. They took the plant offline what sometime in the early winter, right? Right, and it's been offline. So it's now let's say six months, half yeah. a year. But, but but again, this is this is the. This is what happens. You have uh, you have a government uh, that is uh, makes decisions uh, and then doesn't understand the consequences of its decisions. Look, yes, th- th- this is just a, a just a, a, another example of that. Just recently this morning, there's news that uh, Senator Elizabeth Warren <laughs> uh, uh, has uh, has uh, dropped the bill that would require companies to disclose their rationale for their price pricing. And I'm thinking to myself, this is just little bits of insanity, right? Because number one is the thought police. Number two, yeah. you know, how do you measure this? But number three, she doesn't understand the chilling effect this will have on prices. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. Right. You know, I mean, and, this is- and, 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 yeah. and with the FDA and with the baby formula, we're, We've been so focused on wrong things, on build back better, which we're not, on infrastructure. Do you realize, Andrew, again, instead of focusing on this formula issue, which this administration could have done something about, yeah. instead instead they're passing infrastructure uh, uh, legislation that's going to pour in a, better than a billion dollars of infrastructure at a time when we have supply chain issues, labor issues pricing issues, inflation issues. This is the very worst time uh, to be doing infrastructure. But instead, again, because they, they're so desperate for good news. They're desperate for, for some kind right. of a win. Yeah. And, and, and they're and, desperate and, to, yeah. yeah. And, I'll, be snar- cash, and, and I'll, yeah. I'll end here and just be snarky for a second. But, you know, since the since the leak, and by the way, we might get a decision on Roe v. Wade, Roe v. Wade i.e. On the Monday, Dobbs yeah. decision on Monday. Yeah. This administration, the Democrats, the mainstream media, the Washington Post and all the rest of them are so keen on killing as many unborn children as possible uh, that now their decisions, their lack of coverage, their regulatory burdens are now going to be starving children post-birth. Well, and this Uh, gets into... Don't get them in the womb. We're going to get them. We're going to get them after they're born. I'm going to play Katie Porter, Congresswoman Katie Porter's statement sort of about this, because it it really encapsulates this in a second. But I want to be really clear about something. When we we talk about this, um, we talk about this issue, A, one of the ways to to sort of think about it and look at it is, is imagine the hue and cry from the Democrats were this to have happened under Donald Trump's watch, right? If Donald Trump had been in, uh, been president 
when there was this nationwide baby formula crisis, it probably would have been, listen, it's going to sound snarky, but I think they would have been calling for impeachment for this or something. But at the very least, they would have been screaming bloody murder for how the president and the Republicans don't care about the kids. They don't care about babies in America. Um, they want to, they would say, oh, they want to save all these babies, but then they don't, they don't want to feed the babies. This is just incompetence from a guy who shouldn't be in office. And, and at the same time, you know, I would push back and say, if, if Donald Trump were president today, he would be clearing the regulatory baffles, right? right? He would be trying to find ways to bring in baby formula from overseas, but also at the same time, Right. You think about what we did in Operation Warp Speed. He would have had his administration, and, I, and, I'll, and I'll talk about the Democratic reaction on this in a second. He would have had the regulatory agencies responsible for sitting on this. He would have gone to them and said, no, 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 enough is enough already. Right. Get this plant opened up and, right and, now. And, and for our listeners who say, well, that would never happen. It did happen. Absolutely. That's the, what I'm saying is look yeah. at Operation Warp Speed. Exactly look right. At, look at look at what the, what they were able to do there. And the reality, of course, is then, of course, the Democratic reaction would be, well, you can't trust the baby formula because they're 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 short chain. It, 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 they, they would have pulled the playbook exactly what they did uh, with but, regards but, to fomenting. But he, hold on. You're, fomenting you're right. distrust in the back vaccine. They would have done in this regard. Go ahead. You're right. But again, short of all of that. Why not get the plant up and running again? Hundred percent. You've had months and months and months and months, you know, yeah. and it's it's still not it's still not up and running. And again, oh, hold on. This go ahead, this, go ahead, keep talking. This just demonstrates clearly. There was a time in my life where I understood that those who are more progressive, more liberal than 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 me. Uh, would choose to vote for Democrats because sure. they wanted higher taxes because they wanted uh, a more robust safety net. Uh, they wanted uh, they wanted to vote for Democrats because they did not like the military industrial complex, so to speak. There were reasons to support Democrats. Yes, I yes, don't I, I don't get that any longer because everything this administration is doing right yesterday, right news yesterday that uh, sales and leases for uh, for oil uh, and energy production in Alaska were canceled. Let's let's get to that no, in a second because that's I, I, absolutely I, I, yes. And we, uh, my point is is because the baby formula issue is just a microcosm of the incompetence and the ideological uh, uh, religiosity of Democrats and why they can't be trusted to and, govern. And, and by the way, predicated on a big lie, right? Because because the you know as we talk about this, they think that the abortion issue and there was a, some polling out of Harvard of all places um, uh, to talk about the abortion issue. They think the abortion issue is going to win them votes um, <laughs> come, come fall. And, and so they're, they're going to milk it for all it's worth. And again, it's predicated on a lie. This decision comes out on Monday, right? Or it comes out in June, whenever this decision comes out, it does not mean the end of abortion in America. It doesn't no, but, even mean the end. Of, hold on. It doesn't even mean the end of abortion in states that are more restrictive on abortion. What right. it does mean is that in a state like Mississippi, which is what this decision focuses on, is that they're able to set a certain standard for when they're going to restrict a- abortion. Um, it, it means that the other states will have different options. Let me go here. Speaking of which, because we've opened up the door here is Congresswoman uh, Katie Porter. Uh, talking about, um, and yes, this is from RNC Research, talking about uh, uh, Bidenflation and the need for abortion. 
Uh, President Biden has said that inflation is the number one priority for the Biden White House to try to get under control right now. Uh, as you're out there in California talking to constituents uh, during this re-election year for Congress, uh, how, how does inflation compare to this newly uh, important, in the sense of the Supreme Court decision pending, uh, abortion issue? How do those two issues compare? Well, I don't think they compare. I think they actually reinforce each other. So the fact that things like inflation can happen and it can become more expensive to feed your kids and to fuel your car um, is exactly why people need to be able to be in charge of how many mouths they're going to have to feed. So I think the fact that we're seeing this jump in expenses, um, that we're seeing people having to pay more in the grocery store, pay more at the pump, pay more for housing, is a reason that people are saying I need to be able to make my own decisions about when and if to start a family. So I don't think we're going to see them. I don't think it's like about comparing them or contrasting them. I think they reinforce for people just how big of a responsibility it is to take. So it's expensive to have a child. So uh, so destroy, kill your child uh, when it's in its most vulnerable state. Well, I, the, 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 listen, Andrew, but there well, hold is. On, hold on. Listen, I. I'm going to say this, Jerry. I yeah. applaud Katie Porter for her honesty. Thank you. No, I, I don't. I, I, I uh, her honesty. She's grotesque. No, no, she uh, is grotesque. But my point is, she said the quiet part out loud. This is like Joe Biden no, but, saying but, but, about here, aborting kids. And, and, but here's what I think. I think yeah. that they, that 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 this is now plain. Uh, the idea of of killing children, defenseless children, uh, is 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 the, the quiet part has they're, they're shouting it at us. Uh, just two days ago, the Senate voted on uh, on what they call codifying, codifying um, uh, Roe, but it wouldn't. Yeah. It would make abortion uh, legal and paid for by taxpayers uh, from the moment of fertilization until the moment of birth. Uh, that is radical. That is ugly. That is Nazism is what it is. Uh, well, it's it's child sacrifice. And, and again, Jerry, it is the predication of, 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 of part of this big lie, right? Again, right? Because Roe, and for those of you who missed out, we had a good conversation with Carrie Severino about this. Um, you know, Roe, first of all, Roe was really about doctors and, and, and patients and not about, uh, or doctors and, and, and services. But the, the point is that, you know, Roe, did not was not a decision that declared that you can have an abortion at any time anywhere and that it would be funded by taxpayers so this bill that went through the senate last week to codify roe was not doing so right right it was it was it was taking it, it is like right it's like these examples we talk about where you know you have a bill that says that the title is one thing but it does directly the opposite Right. It, you know, let's save all like where they could call this the, the, the save the children bill and right. And, or the, you know, the, the, the affordable care act. The, the perfect. Good example. Thank you. And, and so, um, um, you know, so that, that is yet another one of these big lies. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm at my wits end when it comes to this issue because the Democrats. The, are so extreme on this. Uh, we're no better. I'm sorry, I, you know, and it's the truth. We're no better than the Aztecs and the Incas sacrificing children for for right. Take her reasoning. 
Yeah. Well, for economics, because it's expensive because of inflation, we have to destroy the tiny human uh, in my womb. Well, the Aztecs and the Incas sacrificed children, what, for good crops, essentially for uh, because of economic reasons. And yes. we're doing the, this is 2022, and we are advancing, we are progressively advancing backwards uh, towards a barbarism. And, and, and again, I, I don't have any patience for anyone who would take a different position on this issue. So, Jerry, he, I mean, again, go ahead. again, you know, the keep your rosaries off my ovaries argument. And, and, and it goes back to, OK, uh, in, in 18 in 1857, uh, if you don't. And this was a Dred Scott. Dred Scott more or less said the 18, uh, 18, what was 1837? Uh, the John C. Calhoun slavery as a positive good speech yeah. on the floor of the Senate. Oh, yeah. Essentially, that Supreme Court decision plus John C. Calhoun's argument was, OK, if you don't like slavery, if you don't like owning a slave, well, then don't do don't it. have one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. It's the same moral reasoning yeah. or yeah. lack of moral, immoral reasoning. Well, and it's like folks who sort of compare this issue to the gun issue, which is just so, uh, so stupid. Uh, on its face, you know, and, and I want to, I'm going to preface this because we're going to, I want to play this Bill Maher clip here, Jerry. Yeah. Um, so I am not saying this to uh, uh, idolize Bill Maher. I am. <laughs> the guy I want to be with now. I got to be really. No, no, so, so what Andrew's doing, wait, what Andrew's doing here is, is that he is, um, he's prepping for our next segment I, I, because I, all, I, all I am saying <laughs> I is. It. Even Bill Maher, uh, even Bill, Bill Maher, Maher yes. yes, even Joe Rogan, even Elon Musk. Yes, that's that's the point. It's a what aboutism thing. Let me let yes. me play this. So this is last week's uh, politically <laughs> not politically incorrect. Yeah, oh, by the way, before you play it, Paul Begala is here. Yeah. Now, I, you know, he he has he has someone who has also progressed uh, in the wrong direction. He was once a proudly pro-life Democrat. Yes. Uh, and as was uh, uh, as was the. Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, who's the senator, Catholic senator from Virginia who ran on the vice president's ticket? Oh, Tim Kaine. Tim Kaine was once a proudly pro-life Democrat. Casey, Pennsylvania yeah. Democrat, once proudly. The Democratic Party has, again, they have they have taken the knee uh, when it comes to abortion extremism. No, no greater disappointment than the former head of the RNC and a former good friend to me. Uh, now on MSNBC, ardently pro-life, almost became a priest, um, uh, going the wrong way on this on this issue. I'm not going to mention his name. Um, so here is here we are uh, uh, the Bill Maher show last week. All right. So uh, people hate talking about abortion. So let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do it, but it's the big issue, and we got to do it. And this is what happened. And. You know, it's interesting because until this memo was leaked and we found out that now, unless something we very unforeseen happens, the Supreme Court is going to undo Roe versus Wade after 49 years, we haven't really been focusing on it. Or maybe I'm projecting. I guess I haven't been enough because I learned things this week because this put it on the front page that are pretty basic things that I did not know yeah. about abortion. Like in Europe, the modern countries of Europe, way more restrictive than we are, or what they're even proposing. If you are pro-choice, you would like it a lot less in Germany and Italy and France and Spain and Switzerland. Did you know that? I didn't know that. I didn't know that. That's right. Okay. 
Um, I, I learned most people who are pro-life are women. Did not know that. At, almost, by the way, Bill Maher almost channeling, uh, uh, channeling Johnny Carson there a little bit. Um, but, but yeah, so, I mean, Jerry, it, it's, it's, it's interesting to me. I'm, listen, again, I am glad Bill Maher said this. I yes. am not <laughs> idolizing Bill Listen, Maher. Let, let, me, let, me, let, let me give but you a little I'm, context to, to Andrew's um, uh, 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 equivocating is the wrong word. Um, uh, explanation. 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 Yes. I have been on a tear. <laughs> like, oh, what, a, what, a, you know, oh, what a surprise. Jerry's on a tear. Well, time out, Jerry. It's not as though you haven't been on a tear on this show. I mean, you've been on a tear on this issue on the show. But go ahead. But but for for the longest time, I've always um, I've always uh, you don't like called, the conservative flavor of the month. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So what, what happens is, so Joe Rogan does a couple of his podcasts, and we like it. So all of a sudden, Joe Rogan is is the hero. Is, is the hero. Yes. Uh, until he's not right. Until he does something we don't like, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, Joe Rogan. The same thing with Elon Musk. Yeah. God bless Elon Musk and Joe Rogan. I have nothing against them, but Elon Musk was the hero for free speech uh, until until he won't be. And then you know, and and here, Bill Maher. You know, uh, Bill. Just because Bill Maher says something that is correct this week doesn't mean next week he might not. It sure. doesn't mean, however, that we shouldn't just highlight the wisdom in what he's saying. But more uh, than one, it's not even yeah. the wisdom, right? Here's here's my point in bringing this up. And there's the same reason why um, um, I, I sort of bring it up with, you know, when John Stewart would do this on occasion, right? Who, by the way, John Stewart, who all the conservatives, my goodness, that guy, I would go to salon dinners, you know, uh, luncheons at the Manhattan Institute at AEI, and everyone was like, John Stewart, John Stewart. Today, John Stewart, Stewart, is one of the most ugly prog uh, progressives calling out America as racist, as all white Americans, as racist, as America is no good. Now, again, just a couple of years ago, he was he was the latest, uh, you know, love affair with conservatives. Here is my point. I am offering this up as an illustration of because Bill Maher's audience in the same way that that, you know, John Stewart's audience was different. Um, their, their, their audiences are not our audiences. And so for Bill Maher to say this, I think is important to sort of point it out, right? Because in the end, you know, that a Trevor Noah, uh, when he's not at the white house correspondence dinner or Samantha B or, you know, Steve or, Colbert, Stephen Colbert, right? Well, uh, again, Steve Colbert, the, the where's his Steve Colbert at one time was a flavor of the month conservative hero because he was profoundly he said catholic and orthodox yes uh, until he's not now he's now he's all up in arms about abortion and roe v wade and we need abortion rights what again hold on I, 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 let me ask you let me ask you yeah. a question about this i'm going to posit something here and and i'm going to say that they may have had these beliefs right let's take a tim kane for instance or a bill casey um, you know, but do you think that the tribalism and the division in America and their brains being broken by Donald Trump, do you think that had a, a, a an impact that this has exacerbated this? And so formerly semi-sane people or someone who might have had at least a sane position on one or two issues, they have gone completely off the deep end because uh, because of the, the Trump effect. Um, do you think that they always held these beliefs and they just lied? I don't think the they were 
I don't think they lied. I, okay. I think I think Tim Kaine was at one point a sure. a, 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 a an imperfect Christian, uh, but practicing Catholic. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I think what changed, and I don't, but I don't. But at the same time, I I don't think that Donald Trump broke their brain either. Okay. What I think this is this is something even more insidious. Uh, and again, you could read. I'm gonna pause some scripture here. You could read it in Romans. Uh, you could read it in Revelation. Uh, but the fact is, is that in the end times, and I'm not saying that Jesus is coming back tomorrow. You know, the end. But, I'm sorry, I'm not gonna laugh dismissively. No, but no, but the end times. Where look, look. If you're a Christian, the end times have been have been happening for two thousand years. Yes. The moment that Christ ascended into heaven, we were in the end times. Sure. So don't don't please don't. I'm not I'm not pulling a, uh, a we're all going to be raptured tomorrow moment here. But I am saying this. I'm saying that uh, uh, that these times. I say yeah. it that way. These times, it is perfect. It is is perfectly uh, uh, understandable why uh, why men and women in authority corporate leaders, senators, Congress people, et cetera, media uh, would trade in truth for lies. Well, listen, yes, yes. And I, and I think Tim Kaine is doing listen. it. I think he's doing it for power and for prestige and for and 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 because he goes to a cocktail circuit and he wants to be patted on the back. That's that, the, that's the, why the he's seduction, doing it. the seduction of being wanted. And I, yes. I'm, I'm reminded of two competing quotes here. Uh, one is from Wayne's World, right? Yeah. Led Zeppelin didn't do tunes that everyone liked. They left that to the Bee Gees. <laughs> um, but more to the point, I am I am reminded of of the William Butler Yeats poem, "The Second Coming." Right, right. Which which is which if you've never read it, William Butler Yeats, great Irish poet. Um, it is literally about the 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 end times. Right. Um, and it ends with, "And what rough beast has our come round at last slouches towards Bethlehem to be born?" Um, but you know, one of the things that he talks about, and I've quoted this quite a bit on my radio show, and probably here as well. The, the line, the best lack all conviction while the worst are filled with passionate intensity. Um, surely some hour of reckoning is at hand. Surely the second coming yeah. is at hand. Um, but I, I will say, I am going to say something snarky, Jerry, just about your point and about the transformation. Uh, Tim Kaine, Casey, Colbert, their viewpoints may have changed over time. Joe Biden. Oh, my goodness. Today, what he believed 40 years ago. Yeah, Joe, Joe, Joe Biden is a lot. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and he's an angry partisan. He always has been. Um, I made the mistake. You know, I was look, I, I made a, I, I made a serious error during the 2020 um, the 2020 election. And you made a all serious error during the 2016 election, too, Jerry. I mean, yeah, right, but, 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 <laughs> no, but, but my but my the mistake I made in 2020 and my brother, of all people, my brother, Timothy, pointed this out to me yeah. in an argument one day because uh um, he had said to me something like, well, Jerry, you were the one who said uh, that uh, at least Joe Biden uh, is a good guy. At yeah. least he is. And I, I did say that. I said that on my radio program. I yeah. said it. But I, in retrospect, I said it because I was trying to find some kind of common ground uh, with Democrats. And I, and, and I would and, say and, and to be fair, Jerry, you didn't want to punch down on this battering. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, but the thing is, is that I was wrong. I, I should. And I, and I learned from that mistake. I'm not going to speak a half truth because uh, because it might put me in good favor with with someone else. The fact Listen, of the matter. Yeah. So no, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No. The fact of the matter is on this Roe v. Wade abortion issue. Um, there are lots of politicians uh, here in Maryland, Brooke Learman. I think that's how you pronounce her last yeah, name yeah, is running for, for comptroller. And she had on mother's day, she tweeted out a picture 
of her two young children in front of the Supreme Court protesting yeah. uh, for abortion. And then and then later on, something else about Mother's Day. And I tweeted back at her and I said, OK, I said, uh, Delegate. Learman or whatever her name is. Yeah. When did your child all of a sudden become worthy of love and respect and protection? Yeah. Because, you know, just a few years ago or a couple of three years ago, you're advocating to snuff that child out. Yeah. And I don't again, the, the cognitive dissonance, the yes. complete uh, uh, disconnection from reality and truth. When all these pro-abortion people put their kids up. And oh, look at my, you know, my look at my child, look at my newborn, look at my first grader. It's it's the the, the, hold on for a second, Jerry. It's the meme that's out there about the 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 choices of my my daughter and my granddaughter. Uh, My my daughter and my granddaughter are going to have less freedom today than than, than I do, less freedom in the future than I do now. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. Um, They would, yeah. You know, you're 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 talking about you're talking about you know killing the, the killing of their progeny here. Uh, who won't have any freedom at all. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it, 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 it is, there is the disconnect and there is the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for. It's the uh, objectification isn't the, isn't the right word, right? When well, you dehumanization, dehumanization, we've definitely, de- we, we've dehumanized unborn. Ch- no, look, 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 if I were, and I've said this on this show and I, Andrew, I'll say this real quick. No. If I was in a legislature, I am a pro-lifer, Yes. Without exceptions. I, I, I do not believe in the exception for, no. for rape and incest. Number one, it, it's, it's less than 3% of all abortions. And number two, uh, a second violent act doesn't cure a first violent act. And if, if it's a life, it's a life, it's a life. Sure. But that being said, I'm just being clear in terms of my position. Of course. But that being said, if I were in a legislature and, and a pro-choice, or now they're calling themselves pro-decision, right? Have you seen this? Yeah. Choice is out. Now it's all about decision, yes. accessibility, and all the rest of it. But if someone who was pro-choice came to me and said, "Jerry, um, by hey, the way, that's, that's by the way, that's that's bad. That's a that's a bad pivot." But, but go ahead. It, yeah, of course it is. Um, Jerry, let's 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 you and I come up with a piece of legislation that will keep abortion legal uh, and regulated, and and a safety net involved yeah. there, where you know those who who can't afford it. Uh, up until X weeks. Yeah. And then outside of those X weeks, uh, it would be restricted and even banned. I would say yes to that. Yeah. So, so again, my, my, my philosophical, uh, my intellectual, my political, my religious argument with you here uh, is one thing, but I would work toward compromise uh, if I was in the legislature. That's the way the process is supposed to work. Right. This is, you know, and again, getting back to the fundamental point, we talked about this last week on the show, getting back to the thing that Bill Maher was saying, um, which is this idea of what's going on in Europe and the varying degrees within which Europe approaches this issue. Right. um, Which most Americans don't know about um, and, and which, you know, Bill Maher saying this on his show is so vitally important. Right. They they are crafting different approaches in America. We will craft different approaches to doing things. And nowhere, by the way, nowhere. Sorry, go ahead. Nowhere. I said nowhere in America will abortion be banned outright. It just won't happen. Yes. And 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 this is the reality, which is you, you know, because Elizabeth Warren was was out there earlier this week 
talking Ugh. about the will of the majority being thwarted by the power <laughs> of the minority. And it's like your 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 side lost to the political minority. I mean, and she's getting into the, the issues of the Senate well, and the number of people. Explain that. Explain that real quick, because right, there was so, a vote. So th there was a vote this week on this codification of Roe. Um, it was defeated 51 to 49. That's and math. Yes, yes. In other words, the majority, right? It was brought to a vote and the majority won. I mean, as they do in a in a right. democratic vote. And, and and Elizabeth Warren then said, well, uh, we, you know, she made this stupid statement about, uh, about uh, the democracy and the will of the majority and all of this. And it gets into the same things that the left has been saying regarding democracy in the Supreme Court. Right in their criticism of this decision, how can how dare the Supreme Court uh, make a decision regarding Roe v. Wade when the polling numbers say this? And of course, they lie about the polling numbers. Right, we don't need to get into this. And in the end, if you have trust in democracy, right, if you are in favor of the democratic process for deciding this, I mean, setting aside the arguments, the pro-life libertarian arguments uh, about the rights of the fetus, the rights of the of the unborn child. Um, setting aside that, then you should have the courage of your convictions to allow this to go to Democratic votes in the 50 states, right? This is that that's that's the way it should be approached. And it is, in fact, more democracy, not less democracy. And by the way, I say this, I'll probably say this again towards the end of the show. Um, I, I just literally wrote an essay for the folks at Constituting America, Jerry, um, about Federalist number 20. And, and about the, the comparing and contrasting of the Netherlands Constitution of 1579 uh, with, and how that informed the Articles of Confederation. Yes, and yes, part yes. Of this, but part of this had to do with, you know, experiments in democracy and what states could do. And, and so I'll talk more about this towards the end of the show. But, but the idea is, once again, it is disingenuousness on the part of the left to go out there and declare that... Um, uh, that there's going to be less uh, abortion here or the, the less democracy. Let me say th two things. Uh, number one, you're right. The left really is fearful of democracy. Uh, you know, Robert George, who's a, a, a professor at Princeton, uh, tweeted out this morning, Andrew, I'm learning from you. I, I, I check Twitter out now more than I used to. But anyway, regardless, he tweeted out this morning something more or less of the lines that that the 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 professor's the media, the political establishment, the political class, the laptop class, wow. um, they they believe that they ought to be ruling over everyone else. Yeah. They do oh, yeah. not believe that ordinary Americans uh, can decide for themselves what's best for themselves. Number one. Number two, to my pro-life friends who who just said, Jerry, how could you compromise uh, on abortion. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you're clarifying. This. But let me but let me say this. If if I were a member of the Congress uh, in the 19th century and the Northwest Ordinance was in front of me. Right. Uh, this was to allow this uh, land uh, to be um, uh, to be uh, to be free, free yeah. soil. But it allowed certain um, uh, it allowed also some uh, some uh, some deference to slaveholding slaveholding states i would have voted yes on that oh. because it would have been it would it would have meant uh, the expansion without slavery it would have meant less slavery and and as a legislator i would vote on anything that meant less abortions well listen i mean it, it gets down to you know you talk about these choices you know the the voting for the Decla declaration of independence 
when they removed the passages written by Thomas Jefferson about right. slavery or or the Constitution, the ratification of the Constitution. I mean, this is this is the problem, right? Is that you cannot be arguing for a greater democratic process and then be all kinds of pissed off. Right. And when when there are compromises that happen, by the way, wanted to wanted to bring this up, talking about the worst takes on this, because um, I do want to also spend some time in a second, Jerry, talking about protesting in front of the Supreme Court Justice's house and the violations of the law. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, Chuck Schumer, it. Chuck Schumer said this week that, yeah, let it, yeah, let it happen. They yeah. protest. They protest outside my house three, four times a week. I wish someone would fact check that. Well, well, are they really protesting outside Schumer's house? Oh, marching and chanting and and all the rest, shutting down the streets uh, four times a week in New York. I doubt that. By the way, Brooklyn, Jerry and I had actually considered briefly doing yes. a show in front of uh, uh, one of the justices' houses, probably Alito's house. Uh, we, the logistics weren't weren't going to. Andrew had this go. beautiful red garb and white white hoodie to put on. Uh, yes, in in fact, it was not a Handmaid's Tale garb, but it was it was it was a takeoff on Little Red Riding Hood, actually, kind of like a, an Imperial Guard costume um, uh, with a red helmet. That'll be our next show. Be, actually, it was going to be an Imperial. It was going to be the Imperial Guard from Star Wars robe, but with a Stormtrooper helmet on top. Andrew and Jerry <laughs> save cosplay. Save, yes, that's exactly right. So, so actually, this actually gets perfectly into our uh, the the worst the worst of the of the hot takes here um this is from the washington post uh, here. um jerry's like we gotta we have to talk about this and i i agreed um for those of you not saying so there's some segment of the washington post called launcher which is i guess a segment that focuses on tech policy and right tech policy gaming um uh, entertainment tech entertainment technology having absolutely nothing to do with theology philosophy the law the supreme court health anything um, the launcher tweets out the Washington Post tweets out uh, from launcher WP as Roe v. Wade repeal looms video game industry stays mostly silent and there is a picture of a mouse by the way which is really weird that they would use a computer mouse where the mouse cable is shaped like a uterus and and I, I saw this uh, my of course my immediate reaction my snarky immediate reaction hot take was yes because as goes the creators of Mario Kart and and the Legend of Zelda, so goes the American voter, um, it, it, which you know gets into why do I why do I care about these things? I mean, but this this is this is the concept of you, of you will be made to care, isn't it, Jerry? Of course, and you know the the, the your response was funny. I liked it. Um, Thank you. But uh, Andrew Sullivan, uh, you know, a, a, a liberal. Um, writer, intellectual, you know, everyone knows Andrew Sullivan. If you don't go check out his, his Substack uh, yeah. uh, blog, uh, where was he at the New Yorker? I forget for years. I don't remember. Yeah. Something anyway, like but he, you know, he is someone who, um, uh, who, who, again, I would say he's, he's certainly center left um, uh, gay rights uh, and a lot of, a lot of other kind of liberal causes. Uh, he has been on the forefront. He tweeted out that, this is evidence that journalism is dead. Yes, I that, agree. That that this is propa- this is propaganda. And then Tom Bevan, who's at the you know kind of the RTP. opposite political spectrum, uh, uh, spectrum. He's uh, he's the found, founding pre- the founder and president, one of the founders and the president of Ruckler Politics, and the more or less said the same thing. This is just this isn't journalism. Yeah. And 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 why that's important is because the the two authors of this piece weren't commentary journalists; they no. were reporters. Yes. 
And they they actually were creating news, right? Because they, it wasn't like uh, this was a story. They contacted these companies. Yes. And this is a, this is a, an example of propaganda, of advocacy, of two reporters not reporting the news, but trying to make make the news themselves. Uh, one of one of my favorite takes, uh, Mark Ashworth, who's an activist, he he follows me and listens to the show. Uh, Mark Ashworth uh, tweeted, uh, retweeted uh, from Launcher WP as Roe v. Wade repeal looms, the dog surfing instructors industry stays mostly silent. Again, I like that. I like the humor and the snark. But again, what is what is really dangerous here is it's once again, uh, news reporters not reporting the news, but literally, literally, literally creating the news. I had a football coach who used to say literally. So every so often when I say it first, I say the way he he's like, literally, you have to put your hands on the defender. No. But literally, this is news reporters creating news. Well, and, and let me get to this. So one of the authors of it was a guy named Nathan Grayson. I'm sharing this uh, on the screen for those of you who don't uh, who aren't watching. And he tweeted out later on, <clears throat> uh, people are suddenly losing their minds over this piece, LOL, which is like, okay. Um, he's 16. He's well, how, how, how old is Nathan Grayson? 16? I, I, I don't know. Um, um, so let me spell out the rationale behind it. Number one. Game companies were extremely vocal following George Floyd's murder. COVID-born anti-Asian hate, etc. Silence here is telling. It suggests broader disingenuousness. And and I and I sat there and I read this sort of breathtaking. Um, um, and he goes on from here. Um, um, you know, he goes on for this, and and I and I and I wrote my reaction. Oh well, maybe it wasn't here. I, I, I essentially said, actually, we can go back to this. Uh, it served to confirm my initial impression that your premise was moronic. And, and, I, and, I, and I stand by this, um, that this is, it, it, again, as Jerry just said, it is, it is uh, propagandizing. It is advocacy masquerading as journalism. Uh, I don't think, you know, <clears throat> no, you know something? I'm going to say this much. Companies are free to comment on whatever they want to co- comment on. Uh, I think commenting on a Supreme Court leak, especially on an issue that is as nuanced as the abortion debate is, uh, I, I, I think there's nothing disingenuous uh, about, about um, A, commenting on one and not commenting on the other. And maybe just maybe they realize that computer companies, video game companies getting involved in politics uh, may not be the right thing to do. But also, again, these are news reporters uh, that are not that are not calling balls and strikes. The assumption, yes. you know, I, I, uh, thanks to you, I read the article. And, and here's the thing. Uh, it, it just makes all the assumptions, takes all of the, uh, all of the one side from the pro-choice side uh, as fact. Yeah. Uh, I mean, one of the questions they asked these companies was, are you going to provide you know, free transportation uh, for this your is- employees to have hmm. abortions? Well, again, the reporter is assuming that abortion is the right choice. Well, there's there's that and all yes, and and that and, or, and also that it is the company's responsibility. Somehow the company is sort of engaged in this. I mean that that is a, the equivalent to bring it back to the baby formula issue and the issue of feeding your kids and taking care of your kids, as Katie Porter was talking about. That's like suggesting, okay, uh, are you going to provide rides for your employees to drive them to the grocery store? 
you know, when they want right. to get, get formula right. for their kids. Listen, I want to, I want to say this much. I got my puppy here. Um, I, I want to say this much because I want to circle back to this, this discussion that we were having about, about Schumer and what Schumer said, because I, I think it's important to not, to not gloss over this. Sure. On this issue of the, the, um, on this issue of, of protesting at Supreme Court justices' houses, there is a distinct and important difference that has to happen here. And some of it is founded in law that is based on this difference, right? In the same vein, we had this conversation with Carrie Severino last week. The Supreme Court process for reaching a decision has to be uh, one of deliberation and discussion and debate. And the justices have to be uh, open and honest and transparent with one another in terms of their discussions. And we want them to do this in a way that is outside of the public eye and free from the pressures of politics, right? That you That's the whole nature of this branch of government. Right. Again, the conversation we had with Ilya Shapiro very early on in this podcast's life, um, talking about you know making sure that the Supreme Court was free from the pressures of politics. That way they reach the best, most thoughtful decisions that are based in law and based in substance. So because of that, because that branch of government, the judicial branch of government is wholly different than the legislative branch of government, which is founded in the political process, which is founded in political advocacy, and where the, the, a, a legislator is supposed to be hearing from his or her constituents on a regular basis, right? We treat the different branches right. differently, right? There's a difference in how- Which is why there's a federal exactly. statute that uh, prohibits protesting uh, in front of the homes of judges and juries. Yes. Uh, if the purpose of that protest uh, is to sway them on a case. Well, and more to the point, right? And this is different than people protesting out in front of the Supreme Court. People have a right to protest out sure, in front of, of government course. buildings because there's a there's a it's, it falls under that First Amendment principle. But when you are bringing direct pressure to bear on a judge on a particular case, right? It is no different uh, protesting in front of the judge's house and threatening them in that way and bullying them in that way than if you were writing threatening letters or in, you know, trying to, trying to contact them directly or, or you were in the event, or if you were in the courtroom itself yes, uh, and you, and you had an outburst that would somehow uh, 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 sway the jury one way or the other. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 again, in fact, you're right, Jerry. It is. It is a. It is a essentially an offshoot of the concept of contempt of court. Yes, and um, and I tell you what bothers me. Tell you what. Um, wait, but before you get to telling us what bothers you, I, I think it's important that we maintain some structure here. Let's go to the bottom line. The bottom line. So, Jerry, tell me what bothers you. Well, well lots of things, obviously, <laughs> but um, what bothers me here is that the governors of Virginia and Maryland uh, haven't done more uh, to uh, protect the families of these Supreme Court justices. Well, I mean, I, I think Glenn Youngkin took the first steps to declare that he was going to be doing this. Larry Hogan, as expected, was late to the game. Um, but, you know, I, but yes, you know, you're, you're right in terms of this idea of responding quickly and getting cordons up and making it really clear that that you know you, we're not going to uh, allow this because it is in fact in violation of federal law but 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 more to the point jerry because it is in violation of federal law the 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 silence on the part of the, the administration the part of the sure. administration it has been 
deafening here. You know, um, there there have been surprisingly a couple of uh, Democrats who who have publicly said stop. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dick Durbin, who I criticized, Senator, Senator Durbin, who I've criticized, uh, rightly Jerry, said, don't hold Dick Durbin up as a hero. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But, but my Jerry, point Dick, is, Dick is Durbin. that Go ahead. Yes. Th- this again. There are areas where right and left should agree. Yes. And this is one. And this is one area where if Joe Biden had said, look, go down to the Supreme Court, uh, have your voice heard. We hear you keep protesting, march the streets, you get, you know, go, go, go and protest, but stay away from these homes. Yeah. Stay away. Well, the, the, the American people would have saw, would, would have, would have, would have interpreted that would have saw that would have seen that as leadership. hundred percent. And and more to the point, leadership from a gentleman who promised us leadership in this way, right? This is, this is why he was elected. And instead we get from his administration. Uh, if you can't find baby formula, Go, go to your doctor. doctor. Go yeah. to your doctor. Which Jen, by the way, Jen Psaki, you know, it depends upon who re, uh, who writes the history books, but she will. I love the New York Post yesterday. The most condescending uh, White House spokesperson in the history of White House spokespersons. I, I agree. You know something? Because 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 I brought it up, I, I want to play this. Uh, here is here is Jen Psaki. Since you said it was a public health question, which agency should that question be directed to? Just the very practical, immediate question of if you can't find formula and you need it for your baby to eat, what should they be doing? Uh, we would certainly uh, encourage any parent who has concerns about their child's health or well-being to call their doctor or pediatrician. God. Or, I mean, really. To which I again, that's that that's a question she should have been prepared for uh, and maybe even have um, someone from the FDA in the uh, in in the press briefing room with her. A hundred percent. Right. I mean, the White House did an event on this finally that was close to the press. I I mean, that that's which which is which is (laughs) astounding here. Right. I mean, you know, great. You know, you do an event, you have it. I mean, and then what comes out of it? Right. There's no task force. Well, there's no there's no you know that. We have we have the White House. We have the White House and the administration creating a ministry of truth over at the Department of Homeland Security, uh, where we've got, uh, um, depending on who you talk to, Dolores Umbridge or Mary Poppins running this this ministry of truth <laughs> over there. I love and, it. And yet and yet um, we, they can't put together some kind of a task force on this. God forbid. Right. I say this. And God forbid, you know, over the weekend, well, because because yeah, Joe Biden's going to announce yeah. that Kamala Harris is in charge of, of, right. of uh, getting baby formula going again. But, um, but I, I hear I hear what you're saying. The idea of a task force is is what you do in D.C., the kind of do nothing task force. Well, no, no, no. But this is you don't need a task force to do much, do nothing. You have a whole government agency that 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 this is. Is their business no but my point is why, why a task force along along the lines of what they did with operation warp warp speed right you put yeah, together- but, but but in this instance you don't even need that open up the plant sure uh, yes there but, you go but, i just well, well, time out, well, time here out. the jerry rogers no, 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 task no, 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 time out for a second open the plant time, wait, 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 time out because we, we are we are serious guys and we got to focus on policy in a serious way we know that even if the abbott plant were opened up today right if they said open it up right. today it'll take them 10 weeks to fill the need for, for okay. baby. So that's two months. So what do we do over the course of the next two months? So maybe just maybe we don't uh, stockpile baby formula for uh, illegal migrants coming across the border. Uh, maybe yeah. just maybe we, we take some, <laughs> or of that maybe stuff. all those women, 
I would say, you know, all those, you know, all those women who <laughs> aborted their children, you know, uh, you know, give to the give to the common good here. I'm I, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm shaking my head here. Listen, this is like, <laughs> this is like the, uh, the uh, Bob Saget. Line. No, I'm sorry. I, 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 I tell Saget a joke. Said, I, 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 yeah, I heard, I read that men can breastfeed, but you have to take cans of evaporated milk to your chest. Um, yeah, look, look, look. My inappropriate joke is to make this a, point, yes. yeah. and that is, and that is, we have a real crisis uh, in terms of feeding children. And instead of being focused on that crisis, to your point, a task force. Instead of being focused on that crisis, instead, this administration is a hundred percent focused on how to advance abortion on demand, tax taxpayer taxpayer funded abortion on demand uh, in this country maybe this is consistency or, or how do maybe the fact that they don't care about born babies how do you is use, consistent with their uh, uh they're, they're not caring about unborn how babies. to use last week's crisis and then this week's crisis to advance their agenda and consolidate power and and sort of get get things done that they need to get done. you know yeah, to, to, right, to, to your on, point too, out, you time mentioned out for, time out for a second because because you know getting into the motivation um, and getting into the insane theory advanced by Nina Totenberg, uh, who is you know one of the preeminent Supreme Court reporters, that the leak of this draft decision came from a conservative justice, the, you 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 can see why the draft was leaked in terms of how both sides have responded to it, right? What was the immediate reaction of the left was to use the leak of the draft to attempt, a, 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 I'm going to use a phrase, and it's indelicate here, to use a to, to do a Hail Mary on the abortion issue and try to pass comprehensive, on-demand, taxpayer-funded yeah. abortion legislation. You know, a, a couple of things. Number one, to your previous point about the administration holding a an event on the formula issue, but not opening to the Behind press. Behind closed doors, yes. Right. Now, this is a very real concern. This president in this week shows it. He is not within his right mind. Yeah. I mean, he was screaming at one point about food lines. Um, he was getting names wrong. Oh, states I, I, wrong. I mean, so, yeah. So, yeah, a, a senator from Wisconsin. He's not. Yeah. He's from Florida. Uh, uh, you know what? You know, um, uh, from Florida or, or governor, whatever, you know, what? what, what yeah, know, Rick Scott, senator, senator, senator from Florida. He right. said he was from Wisconsin. Yeah. Right. So my, my point is, is that there's a reason why you don't let this guy out in public any longer. Yeah. Um, but then to, to your point about um, about the Hail Mary, uh, this legislation. Number one, this is the second time they voted on this yeah. with the same outcome. Yeah. So Chuck Schumer knew going in that uh that he was going to lose and right. contrary to what senator senator elizabeth uh warren says the majority 51 voted no so yes. I, so but but here's here's the thing and again I'll, I'll say this about democrats you and i have always talked about how a a um vibrant intellectually honest left of center you know liberal democratic party is needed you have to have an exchange of ideas you have to have these arguments these compromises but this is the problem with Chuck Schumer and maybe why the Tim Kaines and the Casey's uh, and others have just gone 100 percent into the deep end. And that is, is that they don't get outside their own bubbles. Yes. You know, you know, you know that old line about how I don't understand how Reagan won. No one I knew voted yes. for him that the Democrats are, are in this are in this situation. And let me say this very seriously, please. You and I, like most of our listeners, work in the real world. Yes. So we engage people 
who are more liberal than us, more conservative than us. We meet all kinds of people and we have to uh, uh, tolerate and appreciate uh, uh, their, their worldviews. We have to work with them. We have to make compromises on a daily basis. The, uh, the Joe Bidens, the Nina, uh, Nina, uh, Tottenberg, Nina Tottenberg, uh, and, and these types, they never leave their bubble. And so therefore it makes perfect sense that the NPR reporter would think uh, that this was a conservative because everyone in her bubble, they're saying this, yeah. it would make sense uh, that Chuck Schumer would think, let's bring it up for a vote again, because everyone in, in, in his circle wants him to do it. The worst thing for Democrats was this vote on codification of Roe, because it puts every single Democrat on record with their position on abortion. No Democrat can now say, no, 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 no. I think abortion should be rare, but legal. No, not if you voted for this. And this is the problem. The Democratic Party being pushed by essentially the AOCs of the world is increasingly becoming so extreme uh, that that moderates are. Uh, we'll see what happens in, in 2022. Yeah. But moderates, you know, moderates are, 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 are going to have to independents are going to abandon the party. Let me, uh, Jerry, Jerry, because you brought up uh, 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 the president and his cognitive abilities. Uh, I want to play this for you. And I want you to tell me what word uh, President Biden is using. Exponentially. 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 All right. I, 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 I don't think I, I played a, a quite a bit of that. Um, ex, exponentially, Jerry. Is it is he is he talking about exponentially or is he talking about expediency? Um, something that is expedited, or has he created a? a Are you uh, saying that that word is a not portmanteau. a portmanteau? Yes, it's 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 cromulent. It's a cromulent word. He is embiggening himself uh, with with this word. The Simpsons fans will will understand that uh, exponentially. I do not think that word means what you think it means. Um, <laughs> but it, it you know listen, uh, Joe Biden inventing inventing whole new languages there. Um, at least, at least he's, he's saying it coherently. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, well, when you, you know, when you, I bet they pulled the, pulled those things out. Hey, listen, I wanted to talk about this. I, I want to shift gears here. I did want to talk about this. Um, so, uh, op-ed appeared in the Washington post this week. Um, um, the, the Washington post from Washington, DC named for George Washington, um, uh, this was an op-ed by a senior at, uh, at George Washington University, um, local opinions, somebody named Caleb Francois, uh, George Washington University needs a new name. Um, and I, I don't know if you had a chance to read it. I read the excerpts that were quoted uh, in, in other, because I wasn't going to give the Washington Post any page views. But we really are, I mean, we really are an unserious people, Jerry. I mean, you know, listen, coming on the heels with the Washington Post of, of, of their advocacy reporting on the life issue with regards to the video game industry, um, there is a obviously a fundamental disconnect between the Washington Post printing this and then not changing their name. Wanted to get your thoughts here. Well, I mean, look, that's the obvious, right? Let's let's rename Washington uh, George Washington University and ask for that. Uh, insist on that renaming in the newspaper also named for George Washington in a city uh, named for George Washington. But that's not the problem with the piece. The problem with the piece is, is that 
a good amount of of smart, intelligent, um, uh, learned, uh, 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 lettered Americans believe this. Yes, they believe that America's founding uh, is founded on racism and slavery. The 1619 Project, which is which is fantasy. Uh, it's fiction. It's not real history. Uh, uh, left of center historians have argued this, that it is not real history. Yes. It is. It is fictionalized uh, 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 fantasy history. But the 1619 it is, project it is ex- exponentially wrong, Jerry. The, the 1619 Project has has now mainstreamed uh, this idea that the founding of America is racist. Yes. Now, again, I just want to make something very clear here. You already mentioned this, that that Thomas Jefferson had authored lines uh, uh, about slavery uh, for the Declaration in, of Independence in, in the Declaration. Yes. Uh, and because we needed a united front against uh, against the uh, King George, they were taken out by southern states. Yes. But, he, but here's something we never talk about. The Constitution itself. Began the process of of That's ending right. slavery, yes. not just because of its meaning and the idea of rights and that our rights come from, uh, from nature or, or, or God's nature. But remember the constitution outlawed the international trade. Yes. Slave trade. That was the beginning of the end. Yeah. And also the idea, you know, we always go to these, the, the, you know, the, the three fifths, this three fifth, well, blacks, African-Americans, those of African ancestry were only, uh, three fifths. Yes. For, go back. And I've done a little research here. I, I watched recently a documentary on the Civil War. Oh, yeah. And, and they go back and a lot of the northern states agreed to the three fifths because it was a way for them to mock the southern states. Yes. It was so. Yeah. Three fifths. It was a mocking. It also, the fact that three fifths was included in the Constitution, again, was was laying the foundation uh, for the end of slavery. Yes. That's America the, was that, that's the important point. Right. America was not founded on slavery. In fact, America was founded on the undoing of slavery. Also, yes. Jefferson lamented uh, in, in, in the 1770s on how British slavery, the UK system of slavery was imposed upon the colonies you know there's there's a certain degree of irony jerry because today marks the 415th anniversary of the landing at jamestown and it wasn't until years later right we had the indentured servant process but later the the britain sort of imposed the concept of lifelong slavery on on the colonies right and so again my point in saying all of this is that uh george washington um again uh, should be should be uh, uh, studied and dissected and judged, uh, but at the end at the end of the day, he comes out hero. Yes, and the, and the fact that you want to start renaming and remember, just five, six, seven years ago, we were promised by these same people, the left, that no, we would never go after the founders. Sure. And again, yes. this this is this is just proof that it's 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 America's unique experiment is what they want to destroy. Listen, I'm going to say this because I, I agree 100% with everything you've said, Jerry, here. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to take a slightly different tack in all of this, which is to say, if you are thinking about attending an institution and you disagree with aspects of that institution's history, you don't like that institution's name, you don't like their sports mascot, 
and and I know that sounds uh, petty, but but you know people do protest these things. If you have a problem with those things, maybe just maybe you should think twice about attending that institution, and maybe you go to an institution whose history and outlook you you support and embrace. But I think there is something highly disingenuous of someone who goes to an entity like George Washington University and essentially says that the entire system of that university is rotten from top to bottom. I, I, have, a, I have a problem with that. Yeah. Well, um, and, and, and you're right. And remember, though, George Washington University brought this on themselves. Yes. Uh, they, they have had uh, university-sponsored days of rage and safe sure. places. And, and George Washington University itself uh, has called into question uh, the, the the you know the 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 founders and 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 our and our and the founding of the, of the United States. You know, uh, listen. All I know is right. Going going to a uh, the second oldest college in the United States, um, my alma mater, William and Mary. William and Mary had a lot to grapple with. Has listen. William and Mary has a lot to grapple with by virtue of being a Virginia school. Uh, they've got a new sort of monument to folks who were enslaved and either owned by people affiliated with the college and or right. owned by the college itself. Can, can I ask you a question though, as you, as you talk about your, your yeah. school, cause I know where you're going with this, but I want to ask this question uh, in, 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 you know, 1690 and 1710 and 1810 in uh, 1890, where, where was, or, or a thousand years ago or today, show me the country, the nation, the people group, the tribe, show me the religion, show me the philosophy that did not have slavery well we're more to the point not even not even that jerry show me an institution who who that that has existed for more than we're going to say in america of 2022 that has existed for more than a decade where you're not going to have some uh, uh concern or question with some perspective that that institution has taken over the years right i mean this is just the way it is we we, we do not believe we believe certain things in the same way that we did uh 400 years ago 300 years ago etc there are other things that we do not but I, I wanted to contrast this right because william and mary has gone through a, a naming and and i'm going to say this you know in terms of grappling with their history one of william and mary's most famous historic figures is someone named benjamin stoddart ewell who was president of the college, I think just before and then after the Civil War, and was responsible for keeping the college alive. As it happened, and so the college, and rightly so, has revered him for doing those things. As it happens, Benjamin Stoddard Ewell was also, a, I believe, a major in the Confederate Army. His brother was a general in the Confederate Army. Uh, Benjamin Stoddard Ewell was responsible for organizing the defense of Williamsburg. And I say this because... Last weekend was the uh, 160th anniversary of the Battle of Williamsburg. So how does William and Mary reconcile these things? They're going to, you know, and, it's, and I, I hope they're not going to throw out the legacy of Benjamin Stoddard Ewell. Uh, by the same token, William and Mary had a building on campus uh, named for a gentleman named Morton, who was a professor. It was the, for a long time, it was the building where um, the government department and the international relations department were housed until they moved. He was someone who was... Um, I'm going to say he was a racist. I believe he was a eugenicist. He was an, uh, he, he was, he was not, he was someone who I think held extreme views, even in the time in which he was alive, renaming that building. I have no problem with, but, but again, these are conversations that you have, you, you know, you don't go to George Washington university. If you hate George Washington, I mean, it makes no sense to me. Um, well, anyway, 
you know, just just to kind of uh, bring it full circle with our conversation Please. today. Um, this look, the science of when human life begins is settled. And I know that I, I hate that term settled science. So maybe I'll backtrack. No, I wouldn't the, call it settled science. The, the idea that 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 there's a unique DNA genetic code human uh, yeah. at fertilization. We know this to be true. We know that at fertilization, uh, how tall you will be, the color of your eyes, your fingerprints, all of these genetic markers are already set. At fertilization, the science tells us that you are a unique being. Now, you want to have conversations about development and, and, uh, and, uh, and personhood. We can have those conversations. I know where I, know where I stand. But the science is clear. So someday, are we going to have to rename college auditoriums or uh, or take down statues in uh, in in uh, uh, in the Capitol Rotunda because oh my goodness can you believe that a hundred years ago uh, abortion was allowed yes yeah they 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 allowed for the uh, for the wanton uh, uh, destruction of unborn human life and yeah. my point is is that be careful you know and it, it even still with with uh, with William Mary and with uh, Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown. Well, Georgetown. We talked about them too. Yeah. Their colors, blue and gray. You know, gray of the Civil War, blue of the of the Union. But uh, but but uh, but George Washington University. You know, let's. How many of those students or faculty members who are saying rename this school because George Washington owned slaves are themselves supporters of abortion rights? That's right. And 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 again, yes, because because things change and our perceptions of things change. And right. you're absolutely correct, right? We have these discussions. The science continues to evolve. We've said this, you know, let's take it out of the abortion realm for a moment, right? Let's assume for a moment that we all were to agree today that, you know, let's climate change is real, that it is a problem, that it is a catastrophic problem, that it is a crisis problem, and that it is man-made. Even if we agreed on all of those things, right? And we said the science is settled on these things. Right. It then becomes the political and policy discussion to have as to what we do about it and how we go about right. it. So the science is evolving and has continued to evolve when it comes to life and when it comes to birth, when it comes to the gestation um, and, and how we sort of view this from a policy and political perspective. You just made, a, br- you just made a brilliant point. Thank you. And, and let me let, let me just let, let me just unpack it for the let, listener. Let you bask in my brilliance. Yes. Well, no, because listen. Uh, if we are again, if we are to judge the climate change issue years out from now and how we had this policy discussion once we understood better the science or the abortion issue or any number of issues, uh, uh, GMOs, um, uh, nuclear power, you name it. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, there's all of these issues that we're still grappling with. We shouldn't put them in the uh, in the category of religiosity. And so it's dogma. We Absolutely. should be having 100%. these conversations. But to your point. Uh, for the George Washingtons and the Thomas Jeffersons and for our founding, uh, let's judge them on how they grappled with the issue of slavery. And my goodness, they come out on top. Yes. Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, uh, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin uh, and uh, uh, Benjamin Rush, uh, 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 John Witherspoon down uh, uh, down the line uh, when it comes to when it comes to the issue of slavery. America figured it out because of not in spite of Jefferson and Washington and Madison and the rest. 
Got it. Agreed wholeheartedly. With, with that in mind, uh, by the way, because we got to we got to close this out. Um, uh, I have this essay that's going to be appearing uh, on Constituting America's website, uh, talking about the founding, talking about the the Federalist Number Twenty. Uh, you know what? This, how- this, this sounds like something that should go up on Real Clear Books and Culture. Uh, you know something? I will. I will send it. I will send you the link when it goes up. Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, it's actually. I think I'm actually really proud of this, Jerry. It's one of the best. It's one of the best essays I've written for Constituting America. Um, because I needed to do a lot more research onto this one because I didn't know really anything about the 1579 Netherlands Constitution. Um, but then also reading about a, a an expert on federalism named William Riker, who was a professor, I believe, at Rochester, um, who wrote a, a series of works on federalism. So it talks about those things. Uh, uh, go and go and check uh, uh, that out. I am doing Squared Off this week. Um, so, so go and, and, and check that out as well. Jerry, you are on, on Sunday, on Sunday, it's the Jerry Rogers show on WBAL. Listen in because I'll be saying, uh, what everyone else is afraid to say. There you, there you go. And, and, and Jerry, what do you want people uh, to do? Find the truth, plant your feet, stand firm. God bless. Yes. Have a great week, everybody have fun and stay safe.